Welcome to the Creekwood Church Podcast. We want you to know that Creekwood Church is open and you're invited to join us in person or online this weekend. More information about services and in-person safety precautions is available at creekwoodchurch.com. We hope this message inspires and encourages your faith. Enjoy. Well, I'm excited today. We're starting a brand new series called Love Where You Live. Everybody say that with me. Love where you live. You know, love is an interesting topic to talk about. I know that a lot of us are experts at love. (laughs) And I'm not talking, I know we can talk a lot about, um, you know, when the first time maybe you told your significant other, I love you. Y'all remember that time, that moment? All the ladies are raising their hand. The men don't remember. But isn't it awkward when you tell your significant other, you finally told them, hey, you had never said it before, but you said it for the first time. You said, I love you. And it just kind of came out of your words. and You're like out of your mouth. And then they don't say it back. And they say, well, that's not, I'm glad you feel that way. That's like, oh man. But we love falling in love and, and that we all have a lot of great memories. I know some maybe don't have great memories of, of falling in love, but you know, you remember when you were in love, you did some crazy stuff, like all the nineties people in here. Let me see you like, you know, you used to have to really work to be in love. Like you had to make a mixtape playlist. That's nothing. Anybody can do a playlist. Like a mixtape is hard work. You got to have two cassettes. There's three buttons. And you got to stay focused, listening intently to the songs because you got to find your song. And in the minute the song ends, you don't want that guy talking on your mixtape. You got to stop it. But you know, we all talk about romantic love and, and It's fun to talk a little bit about it, but when you talk about, you go the next level and you talk about loving people, it gets a little bit more complicated. And this series called Love Where You Live, we're going to be talking about what does it look like for us to love people around us? What does it look like for us to love people? And I, I, I've been wanting to do this series now for some time and we've kind of just put it off. And I, I really believe that, uh, this is great timing for us to talk about this. And, you know, I believe that as your pastor, one of my jobs, uh, primary jobs as your pastor is to disturb your life. I believe that my job is to disrupt your life, disrupt the status quo of your life and really move you into a place of pulling you out of mediocrity and really moving into all that God has for you in your life. You know, again, there's a lot of definitions of love, and, but I, I believe that the greatest place that we can go to to really find out what love is about is the Bible. Do you know that God is love? And that if um, you think about um, no matter how you feel about love, that God is love, It's a really powerful statement to think about that God has never wavered in his love. God has never changed his posture. He's never wavered in how much he loves us. It is the very character of God to love. God is love. 
God does not love us based on our performance. He, base, he loves us based upon his character. God is love. And I want you to look with me, if you have your Bibles today, to 1 John chapter 4, verse, verse 8. And I, I just want to kind of, this first weekend is, is to really set up the series. I hope you'll join us over the next few weeks to, as we talk about love and what it means for us to love people. And um, again, if you're going to really understand what love is, you've got to go back to the beginning and really start to see what does the Bible say about it. First John chapter four, verse eight says, whoever does not love does not know God. Wow. That's pretty intense because God is love. Let me say that again. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. You mean I can actually show up on the weekend to church, pull in here. God's kind of lucky that I showed up to church and my kids are going to go to church and I'm going to sit up in here and I'm faithful and I show up every weekend. But if I don't have love, I don't know God. That's pretty powerful. Mark 12, 30 says, and if you And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul, all your mind and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. No other commandment. So we're supposed to love God and love the people around us. Now, when you think about love, again, um, I think it's important for us to not to assume that, that all of us really understand what love is. I think that a lot of us, based upon how we grew up, we've kind of defined and how we love people and what conditions we love people or how we navigate that. And, um, you know, C.S. Lewis talks a lot about this. And, and he said that when, when most people hear God is love, what they really are thinking is on the surface, they're thinking love is God. And there's a big difference between love is God and God is love. It's not the same thing. But most of us, what happens is that we've started to believe that love is God. But that's not biblical. God is love. Love is not a God. Love is not God. God is love. I know that sounds a little confusing or maybe a little, you're like, that's all you got today? Come on. (laughs) Love is not God. God is love. I want you to understand that the reason why is that if you start to navigate this and your belief system is that love is God, then what you're basically saying is that um, love is defined not by God, it's defined by the culture that I live in. And what you're saying is, is that your feelings about love and how you view love is what defines your view of God and his love. In other words, it's coming from us to God, not God to us. And from culture to culture, from place to place, it changes. 
Whatever the culture is, that's how you base your love. For instance, culturally, some people might think that love today means tolerance. That I, uh, tolerance at all levels. And so if I'm not tolerant, it's the ultimate act of not loving. And what happens a lot of times is that we kind of go along and we let our feelings and our culture and we're like, well, love is God. So love is really what, where I base it all. And so now what happens is, is that it becomes, love becomes a cultural thing. And then we begin to drift into a place where we're, where we're tempted to start being judgmental. This is where cancel culture starts. It's what, what culturally I'm defining what it means to love people. So it's easy to go, I will cancel anything that I disagree with or does not have the same perception or does not align itself with me. I don't align myself. If I don't align, you don't align yourself with me and you don't believe like I do, I can wipe you right out. It's really quiet in here, but I know you are blinking. That means amen. That's code. <laughs> the third belief we have when we make love God is that it is comfortable. It's a comfortable view of love. It, be, it starts kind of breaking it down, and, and we get to this place basically where we say, God loves everything you love. God loves all the people you love. But I'm going to say this to you. This is very dangerous for us to, it's very, a very dangerous ground for us to tread in when we, whenever we start to think that God aligns himself with everything we align ourselves with. See, this is what happens when we make love God and it's from us to God. So it's what I align myself with and whatever the people that I love is who God must love. And it's a distorted view of love. And I'm concerned that a lot of us, what we're basing our, our definition of what it means to love people and to have love in our heart. And the Bible tells us love is a big deal. It, it tells us if I don't have love, I don't know God. It tells me that I've got to love God, but the second most important Commandment is that I've got to love other people. But what happens is now I've let the culture define my love for people. See, again, um, it's a dangerous place. It's dangerous ground for us to whenever we think that God is going to align himself with everything we align ourselves with. No, we align ourselves with what God aligns himself with. See, the Bible does not say love is God. The Bible tells us that God is love. And there's a big difference. The reason why is that it is, there is an emphasis on God. God defines what love is. God shapes how we view love. God comes first, his goodness, his moral purity, his perfection, his power. That's what defines love. God is the one that defines it. So it's not cultural it's not simply cultural, it's biblical. I define my love for people biblically. What does the Bible have to say about how I'm supposed to love people? 
this kind of love doesn't cancel people. I would say that this kind of love is the opposite. It's compassionate. Matthew 4, Matthew 5, 43 says this, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Love your enemies and pray. It doesn't say cancel your enemies. It says pray for them. This is challenging, right? But it's the framework that God gives us that we are, that our love has to be biblical and it has to be compassionate and it has to be challenging. Do you know that, that love is always going to stretch you? That true love, when I'm, I'm talking about, I'm not talking about the fluffy culture love that our culture tries to push us onto. That I'm talking about a biblical love that you have in your heart that you understand what really love is about. It's going to challenge you. It's going to get you, push you out of your comfort zone. It's going to demand of your life to change your lifestyle. It is a challenging thing. So I wanted to really lay that out as a foundation for you to understand as we dive into this and look at this on how we love people is that love is not God. God is love. So it has to be driven in your life by what does God say? What, is, what does God show me? How, how, how did God, how did Jesus love people? First Corinthians, Paul tells us in First Corinthians 12, 31, it says, and yet I will show you the most excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men or angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. It says, I, I want to show you the most excellent way. If I speak in tongues of men or angels, of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. It's, there's, it's just a lot of noise that Paul says. There's just a lot of noise going on. And I believe that a lot of us in our life, is, this is what our life is like. I just woke some of y'all up. Best way to wake anybody up in church is say sex or hit the symbol. I don't know what it is. I've never been able to figure it out. You say sex in church and men go, what? what what's pastors really preaching today? I love this church. Hit a symbol and everybody wakes up. But there's a lot of noise going on in our world right now that there's not love behind it. There's a lot of noise going on on Facebook without a lot of love. We get fired up and we're like, man, I want to tell the world that they are wrong and we get on Facebook and we're going to tell them. Some of you are like, man, why didn't I get those earplugs? They're in the back. <laughs> You're like, he's killing us. But I want you to remember this. Because I think what happens is a lot of times the church is making a lot of noise. Christians are making a lot of noise. And it's just noise. It's just a bunch of noise. And I want to just say this to you that I think if we 
we start moving as a church into a place that we lose what this is all about and that we're supposed to love people and love where we live, we've lost our mission. We've lost our focus. You know, one of the things that happens is the reason why I kind of like hitting this. <laughs> um, that baby, I'm sorry. Uh, that baby's loving my message. Uh, he want to pay attention now. Uh, where was I? <laughs> getting, getting distracted here. Um, a lot of us, what happens is we're just giving this noise, and part of it, part, we're just, we know what's right, we know the truth, and we've just kind of like, we're saying things without love. And one of the things that, I, that I, I'll say this to you is that, that whatever's inside when the bucket comes out of the well is what's inside. And a lot of us, we may know the truth, but on the inside, we've got a lot of unforgiveness, a lot of bitterness, a lot of resentment. We don't like people that are not like us. People make us nervous. We got some neighbors that are crazy. They're, they're crazy. And you're filtering that, and you, what you're doing is you're trying to pull up from, from that, that place, that well in your life. And do you know that you can't give what you have not received? You can't give what you've not received. And this is why it's very dangerous to make this about religion. This is dangerous to make it about rituals. See, the most powerful thing that can happen in your life is that you start to understand that you love out of the love that God gives you. The Bible tells us in 1 John 4, 9, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever loves Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. We love because he first loved us. He first loved us. We love because he first loved us. You love because God first loved you. I'm going to just look at you and, and tell you this, and I want you to listen to me. This may make, a, make you a little comfortable today, uncomfortable. But every single one of us have dark sins in our life. Every single one of us have areas of our life that we are ashamed of. Every single one of us have seasons of, of whether it was when you were a teenager, whether it was when you were whatever age, you have moments in your life that you go, man, that was a dark part of my life. That was, there was this sin in my life. And it was the grace of God this crazy kind of love that we can't for the life of us understand that he would love us so much that he would give his only son that we might be saved. 
God didn't sit around and go, well, you deserve the love and you don't deserve the love. God gave his son that all people might know Christ. We're all saved by grace. It is because of the love of God, his mercy, his love that he has given. It's because he loves us. Why am I telling you this? It's because I don't ever want you to get to a place that you forget that it's because of the love of God that you're saved. It's because of the love of God that you're here today, that your life is the way it is, that your kids are the way they are. It's because of the love of God on your life. It's not because you're somebody. It's not based on your performance. It's not that you are, are dotting all the I's and crossing all the T's. Your life, it's based on the love of God. See, when I move from the love of God first and then to people, it's always easier. But I think most of us, what happens is we don't take our first step towards God. We take our first step towards people. We take our first step towards what we don't like, what we don't agree with, what we, people that don't align ourselves with. And we got this all jacked up culture that is trying to define to us what love is. And if you filter it through that, you will always find somebody you, that does not deserve your love. But I promise you, mark it down if you will go to the cross and go to God and see his love for you you will always be able to love anybody I'm preaching really good I know why because I'm spitting up here <laughs> that's why I'm stepping back <laughs> when you're spitting you know you're doing good I'm just kidding I'm kidding <laughs> welcome to Creekwood pastor's talking about spit um, so the secret of love is being loved by God. It's, it's I'm loved by God. God love, I can love people. I can love anybody in my world because I'm loved by God. Our step, our first step of love is, is towards God, not towards people. You, you filter that through that and you say, God, I remind myself of how much you love me. Do you know that same thing works with forgiveness? There's a lot of people in your life that don't deserve to be forgiven because they've hurt you and it doesn't make it right. But the only way you can get healing and truly forgive them is you have to filter it through. God has forgiven me. Let me show you another scripture. First Corinthians 13. It's, it's, it's the, everybody loves to read this at weddings. <coughs> I told y'all my cough was coming. Um, first Corinthians 13, verse four, it says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It, it keeps no record of wrongs. Don't you wish that wasn't in there? <laughs> keeps no record of wrongs. Seriously. A lot of us, how many of y'all got a list? Come on, you're in church, be honest. You got a list of all, of all the wrongs. <laughs> you know what happens is a lot of times is we go to our list before we go to God. What if you were to go to God first before you go to your list? It's easy to start going, God, I love all those people because you love me. And if you don't feel loved by God, then, then I would tell you there's something else wrong. 
spiritually in your life that you man, reconnect with. Listen, if, if all this is you just coming to a building and being kind of going through the motions, this thing is, is like, it would be boring. The love of God is what makes this place exciting. It's what sets people free. It's what can, can change somebody's life, that you, a buddy that you invite over and over to church. It's the love of God that can reach their heart. That's what it makes it exciting. But if you move always to your list instead of God, it, it never works. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Now, if you want to write this down, let me give you a couple things. These are some love handles. Uh, I'm not talking. <laughs> some of y'all will get that later at lunch. Not right now. Love handles. Love handles. Number one, speak with love. Speak with love. <coughs> speak with love. Do you know that I, saying I love you are the three most important words in a relationship? Just say I love you. Say it. A lot of times we're like, well, man, I don't know. Like, I know it gets a little awkward if you got to tell, you, you know, your buddy, you know, but have you told a close friend, I love you? I know some of y'all, man, listen, you got to man it up or something. Like, man, it sounds like, hey, bro, you know, uh, love you. <laughs> kind of mumble it a little bit. I don't know. You know, um, but people need to hear it. Kids, listen to I know we have a lot of students. I know a lot of them are in middle ground, but your, your parents need to hear you say, I love you. Words have power. Parents, your kids need to hear it. They need to hear you say, I love you. Uh, text them. Blow up their phone. Like, if you, if you know what emojis are, uh, <laughs> send them a bunch. <laughs> um, people need to hear us speak in love. You know, I was thinking about the story that I heard a long time ago about a ninth grade teacher. Her name was Helen Merrill. And uh, she had a group of students that just were really not that interested, not challenged in, in a lot of ways uh, to study. And she just was decided to do this exercise in the class. And she asked all the students to write, to take two pieces of paper and write, every, <coughs> write everybody's name down on the paper and leave, leave some uh, spaces between each name. And then she told them, she said, I want you to write down what you love about every person in this room. So everybody, they took the rest of the class to write down what they loved about every person. The teacher took it home and took everybody, everybody's name and wrote it out on the top of each page. And then she took what each person said on their page and brought it. So in other words, every person had a whole list of things that people loved about them. She never really heard a whole lot after that about this. She could tell her kid, the students loved it. And years later, she was invited to a funeral of one of her former students. His name was Mark, and he had, was killed in Vietnam. And at the funeral, she was the last person to walk down uh, to the body. And, and she went down there and, and just was so moved uh, to get to see. She hadn't seen him in years. And People were like, are you Mark's teacher? And, and uh, they were so excited to see her. And they invited her to lunch. And, and at the lunch table, Mark's mom and dad uh, looked at, 
the teacher and, and we're talking to her and they said, Helen, I want to show you something. They brought back to us and um, they said his wallet, um, they took out Mark's wallet and they opened it up and there was this old, old piece of paper that had been taped several times and it opened up and taped and they opened it up and said, I bet you recognize this. And Mark had held on to that all those years. And it was a special moment. And it just reminds us how important it is for us to speak love into people's lives. Number two, teach with love. And I know a lot of parents here, you're thinking about, you know what? Uh, I don't want to teach with love. I want my kids going to school because I'm about to, you know, like, you know why some species eat their young? Because you want your kids out of the house. But teaching with love, um, in other words, there, there, there are going to be moments you're going to have to speak the truth. And a great friend will speak the truth into your life. Um, you know, anybody can complain, anybody can brag. Those things are natural. But, but being able to speak words of, of, with love, that's supernatural. And being able to tell somebody the truth that you know that you can call some greatness out of their life and you speak that, and um, it's powerful. And you know what's concerning me is a lot of times, I think a whole lot of us are more concerned about being right than loving people. And listen, there are gonna be a lot of people that don't believe like you do and this world is a broken world. We live in a world that's full of sin. But I'm going to just tell you something. If, if you're trying to help somebody see the truth, but you don't have a relationship with them, very rarely are you going to change them. But you build a relationship. It takes love to build a relationship with your neighbors. It takes you loving them and doing life with them. Do you know that one of the greatest things that, that the, the Pharisees accused Jesus of was hanging out with sinners? And a lot of us, what happens is that we have spent our life, we are speaking the truth, but we're not doing it with love. It's a lot of work to love people. There are a lot of people that are very hard to love. 1 Corinthians 13, 2 says, if I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed, <coughs> I'm sorry, I apologize. <coughs> If I had the gift of prophecy and if I had understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. You can know everything. You can have all the knowledge in the world, but if you don't have love, and there's going to be moments that you're going to have to have tough love. You're going to have to speak into people's lives you know, Hebrews 12, 6 tells us that the Lord <coughs> disciplines the ones he loves. There, there's moments that you're going to have to have tough love. Maybe tough love, um, speaking the truth and teaching with love means that you're going to have boundaries. You love somebody enough to help them. Number three, give with love. And you know, some of the most meaningful gifts are not expensive gifts. We give with love. Going through, in other words, you're just kind of going through your day. And you just stop your busy schedule and you go and you get somebody chocolate milk. How many of you all like chocolate milk? Come on, all the kids in here. Okay, all the Christians, Chick-fil-A. 
somebody goes, you know, somebody goes and gets you Chick-fil-A and they say, I love you so much. I just stopped my, what I was going through. I stopped everything and I went and got you Chick-fil-A. Doesn't that, isn't that special? Or they're going by a convenience store and they're just like, man, I got to pull over. They pull in there and they say, I loved you so much. I went in there and got you some pork rinds. You made me pause my life because I love you. First Corinthians 13, three says, if I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. God help us to love the people that are in front of us. You know, we have an amazing team of people that serve here at Creekwood. And by the way, if you're not serving and you're a Christian, something's wrong. You ought to serve. Why? Because God loves you. And somebody else out there needs to know the love of God. People that serve here are doing it because they love God. And they've been loved by God and it's changed their life. Standing out in the parking lot and pouring down rain. Burning up hot out there, working with your kids, wiping their butts. Sorry. But it's the truth. Somebody's got to change their diaper. They've been loved by God. They're not babysitting your kids. They're serving the kids. It flows. If I go to God first, it makes me love everybody. Do you know that there is a world out there that needs to experience the love of God? They need the love of God. If you're serving and, and this is, you're like, well, I got Ricky dude or I got, I got tricked into, to, Ricky dude, that's a mother-in-law word. I got tricked into serving and you're not doing it out of love. Oh, God help us. We need to do this out of love. It's because we're, we're passionate about this. We love people because God loved us. We love people because God, God loves us. And people need to know this. I'm praying over the next few weeks that God breaks our heart in a fresh way, that we have a, a fresh love for people. that we care about people in a deep way. That it's rooted in love. It's not, well, let me go get you some groceries because you like, okay, I did something nice. God help, God deliver us from that kind of empty religion. We're doing it because we love people. God, God has loved us. I want to pray for you today and I'm going to ask you just to bow your heads for just a few moments. You know, if you're here today and you've never accepted Christ, maybe you have, man, the this, this shame and all the things in your life, you're like, I, I got to get things straightened out before I give my life to God. And I would just tell you that that's not the way it works with God. God loves us just like we are. God's love starts to change us and starts to transform our lives. When you receive Christ, he's the one that begins to work in your life. 
He changes your desires. He changes. You get in the word of God, he begins to show you what's right and what's wrong in your life. He's the one that changes your life. You know, right there at your seat. I'm not going to ask you to stand or come forward, but I want to pray for you. If you're here today and you would say, Pastor Stephen, I'm not right with God. I need to be right with God. I want to receive his love in my life and forgive me of my sins. Would you pray for me? Just lift your hand, put it up, put it right back down and say, Pastor Stephen, would you pray for me today? I see hands going up around this room. Just lift it up, put it right back down and say, I I need to, to make this decision today. Just pray that prayer right there at your seat. Say, Jesus Christ, come into my life. Forgive me of all my sins. I make you the Lord of my life. I give you my life. Father, I pray for those today that are here. God, um, I include myself in this, God. We've kind of lost our way when it comes to loving people, Lord. I pray that you would break our hearts in a fresh way, God. May we be so broken, God. God, may we see, may we be so humbled, God, by your love. God, may it flow from out of us, God, that we would love all people, God. God, use us, God. We thank you, Father, in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Creekwood Church Podcast. Are you new to Creekwood? If so, we're glad you're here. For more information about our church and how to take your next step, please visit the Connect page on our Creekwood Church app.